Have you been thinking of doing a home reno or building a new home and you want to save time, energy, and money? Then this episode is for you. You're listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. He's your host, award-winning coach, and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Ralston. Hello and welcome to the Dynamic Women podcast. I am Diane Ralston, your host, and today we've got the talented Desiree Lacasse with us. Hello, Desiree. Hello, everyone. Hi. Well, I know you more intimately, I guess we could say. And I wanted to bring you to my listeners because just the wealth of knowledge that you have and and in our conversations, what I've learned from you. And so I'm really excited to be talking today about how to save time, energy and money in doing a home reno or doing a new build. Let me tell you a little bit more about Desiree. Desiree Lacasse is the owner of LCI Design. It's a North Shore, Vancouver-based design practice specializing in residential projects from a new build to renovation. Desiree graduated with a Master of Architecture from the University of British Columbia in 1998. She has gained experience after working for a number of notable firms on a wide range of projects from small to large-scale residential, non-profit, multiple housing, special needs housing, commercial, and institutional. Those are awesome. That's so good. And in the design of a renovation to the construction of a single-family home, she works with her clients to create spaces that reflect the needs and desires of their client. She also assists her clients with all the decisions so their home reflects their personality, lifestyle, and budget. Desiree, you are talented. You got a lot of skills, but I'm sure when you were a kid, you didn't have all of this. So how did you get into design and architecture in the first place? Well, I've always been interested since a little girl in in art. I I sketched, I uh, would spend hours in my room, um, Sketching, and I would uh, very interested in how things are put together. My my mother laughed at me. I used to put my outfits perfectly together. Oh, really, little girl. <laughs> my room was my sanctuary. It was decorated just the way I wanted. Oh. and um, I was interested as a teenager. I was really interested in fashion, and um, and then really what interests me in architecture when I got a, tr- a chance to do some travels in Europe with my yeah. cousin. And I was really fascinated by um, the architecture that I saw there and the art. And um, so that led the way eventually going to get my art history degree and then deciding to get a master's of architecture. Wow, that's so cool how it came from traveling. I traveled a lot, but not everyone gets out and travels. And so what was it that had you go to Europe of all, of all countries and continents? Well, after high school, I was getting ready to go to university. And I just realized I just wasn't ready to do this. I yeah. hadn't had a chance to travel much um, when I was younger. My family wasn't into that type of travel. And I yeah. just really had a big desire to go do some travel. So my cousin and I worked hard and saved money. And then we um, went on a Kentucky round trip of Europe for (laughs) about two, two and a half months. And then we were skiing in Austria for a month. 
So it just opened up a whole new world for me. Yeah. And, and just seeing what's out there. Yeah. So then you came back and you did go and get your architecture degree. And then I know you have a child. And so you jumped into doing design and doing architectural work, but you also had a daughter. How were you able to manage both of those? Because I know a lot of the listeners, they're moms as well as business owners or leaders in their career. Well, it was a real, it was a challenge. Um, One advantage is having one child. So we could balance between my husband and I work out a schedule. Yeah, uh, She was in daycare and we did have a nanny when she was younger. And then she was in after school care also. So it was, it was a challenge um, to make that all work. And in this, my field, especially when you're just starting out in firms, there's sort of a competition of to see who's going to work the hardest. So there was always a lot of overtime and it was sort of at the time when I was working in firms, it still was a bit of old boys club. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was very demanding. And to be honest, I come back from working all day and maybe a late day and feel exhausted. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't feel it was fair to my daughter. Um, mm. She wasn't getting a very energetic mummy. She was getting an exhausted mummy. And, yeah. 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 I feel that I feel that. And I hear that in a lot of my clients where they want to be there more for their kids. I actually just did a, a blog about this where my, my kids will say to me, mom, you're never around or you're always going away. Obviously this is before COVID, but oh, you're going away again, but they don't realize I'm there in the mornings to bring them to school. I'm there if they're sick, I'm there at the end of their school day, I'm around, but sometimes I, I am away. So you were working at this firm, working a, a nine to five plus all the extra to kind of, to get you, get you ahead. Right. I'm sure you were very ambitious. Well, especially at the beginning of your career, really, you're you're trying to prove yourself. Yeah. And um, you are competing with the other people in the, in the firm. You don't want to be known as a slacker. You want to make sure that you're. Yeah. 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 But it's really hard. I think for, for female business leaders to be able to, be that amazing mom and be amazing in their career as well. There's a lot of pressure there. So you, you haven't always been at a firm. Um, Cause I know now you have LCI design, so you're on your, your own now. So what was the transition point there? Well, to be honest, um, I found the work that I was doing in the last firm I worked before I decided to go on my own was um, I worked at a parkade for a year. And I just, I, this is not my architecture to work on a parking. And I started questioning, as I mentioned earlier, I'd come home exhausted for my cute little daughter. And I didn't feel like I would, I, I wanted to approach it in a way that I could have more flexibility, could call my own hours. So that's when I decided I'm going to, the first step was it was going to get, finish my exams to get registered. Yeah. And then it, it had actually, eventually led to me opening up my own practice. Yeah. So parking lots, not really your thing. (laughs) Well, well, it's a huge parkade. A a parkade. parkade. Yeah. But still, yeah, it's not, that's not your, your, your main passion for design. What is the, the type of projects that you love to work on? Well, 
going from, because what I'm trying to say is I like smaller scale, finely designed, detailed projects. Oh. That's what I enjoy doing smaller scale, but because towers are just a replicate of the same plate over and over and over with a huge parquet in the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. That I found boring. Yeah. So I promised our listeners that we would talk about how to save time, energy, and money yeah. in a home, home build and a reno. But I think we first need to start off with like, what is even the process? If someone wants to build a house or wants to do a reno, there must be a specific way to do it. Yes. And so the, the first step is um, I would need to uh, analyze the, the bylaws, the zoning, the building code requirements for your project. That's the first step. And then we go into, once I've got a handle around that, we go into the schematic phase. Mm-hmm. So we're trying out different designs, maybe two or three different options. And then from that schematic, we fill in more detail as we get into the design phase. So yeah. again, we're getting a bigger picture, a more detailed picture of what this renovation or this house is going to look like. And then usually at that stage, then we're ready to submit it into building permit drawings. Once we've got a plan down and some basic elevations, yeah. they're really at that point, they just want to know that everything is meeting the requirements of the building code and yeah. the zoning. And um, then from there, then we can add, um, once those are submitted, then we add more and more detail as how what this is going to look like as far as the, the interior, what tiles finishes painting all the millwork for your kitchen yeah bathroom so um then basically the interior design phase of it yeah and then once we've got a complete set of drawings that a contractor could construct construct from so there's two ways i approach um renovations and new builds Mm -hmm. so we can either bring a contractor in the beginning yeah that either my client has likes or um, one that I worked with before and suggested. Yeah. Or we could, and then they work through the process and make sure that the, uh, the project's on budget. Um, that's why it's really helpful to bring them early into the picture. Oh, or okay. we can go through those phases and then we can set those building, um, those drawings can be set out for um, bidding by several contractors. Hmm. So you can bring the contractor in at the beginning of the project or we can bring them up the end whatever works but you think beginning is is better it's gonna Isn't save it yeah because they can help you throughout the process because one thing that does happen <laughs> in a lot of projects is mm-hmm. we all have an idea of what the budget should be but that can quickly <laughs> escalate yeah because <laughs> i mean yeah. it's your home and people get very excited about their homes and rightly so yeah well i i would get excited about oh yeah this is what the color of the cabinets would be or this is what lighting fixture fixture I want that's the type of things I would get really excited about and I have to say you're going through the process it sounds intense like it sounds a little bit hard and I would dread going through each of those process process pieces by myself right like we watch these home shows these home reno shows and they just, it's like the glitz and glam of it. And like, everyone seems to just know what to do when you don't see all of those other processes. So what are some ways I'm imagining there's a lot of ways that having a contractor, having designer, having someone to do your architecture services would save you time, energy, and money. 
but I don't know specifically what they are. So how can they save us time, energy, and money? Well, just, it is a complicated process and it is becoming more and more complicated with new energy requirements. There's step codes in a lot of the jurisdiction and a lot of districts and cities. So just to navigate that, so having it done right in the first place, right? There's yeah. many people are, that have tried to and have it done without permits and that sort of thing. That, that can cause you a lot of extra money and headaches because yes. it will be stop ordered if your neighbor complains or it's, it's just not worth it. It, it will be, it'll end up costing you a lot of time and headaches later on. So I, I'd say, Get it done right in the first place. Yeah. And someone and he, that knows what they're doing, getting the guidance from someone yeah. that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Well, I'm hearing the time piece would be not having to read up on all the, like you said, the, the energy and, and all these different pieces, but it's also the, the things we don't even know. Cause you just listed a bunch of things. I'm like, Ooh, I didn't know about all that. And it's like when I did my, I trademarked dynamic women and I thought, okay, I like, do I want to go through this process myself? And once I opened up some of the documents, I'm like, no way, no way. I don't want to touch this. I don't want to try to understand it. I felt like my brain was going to go to mush. And, and so I went through a lawyer who that's all he does. He's an expert at it. It was so quick and easy. And the part that I love the best, which I'm sure your, your clients uh, enjoy with you is they'll say things like, um, you'll ask them, what do you want for this and this? And they'll go, oh, I didn't even know I needed that. And then they'll come back to you and say, Desiree, what do you think I should do? So talk a little bit more about how you work with your clients in order to make sure that they get what they want. Well, for one thing, um, working with clients on their houses is, is a very intimate and I actually, I felt really honored to be able to work with them on their homes. I mean, this is the place they live. And um, I believe your home should be a reflection of who you are, not me imposing my style on them. So yeah. what I really enjoy about the process is getting to know my clients, their mm-hmm. lifestyle, what makes them tick, um, what they get excited about. Um, and I think that's, the, I really love that part of what I do. I love designing. And I love coming up with, I do a lot of interior elevations in my process. So to help really help my clients to understand visually what they're getting. Yeah. And, what um, is an interior elevation? So interior, it's like a, a flat drawing of say I'm doing kitchen cabinets. So yeah. a flat on view. Well, actually I do it in 3D models. So you can actually oh, cool. see it going around. So everything's done in 3D models and it's showing the materiality of it. So I can actually show what certain oh. tiles will look like, um, different finishes in your cabinets, your countertops. I work in a, my CAD program is Vectorworks. So it's very, it's good for showing 3D views of the exterior and the interior. Oh. And I do that for renovations too. It just really helps my clients to visualize. That's, I think, the most difficult part for a lot of people that aren't used to looking at architectural drawings is reading plans and then just the, the white and black line drawings of elevations. That's why I like yeah. to bring in 3D. Oh, I love that. I love that. First, listeners, I really have to point out the fact that Desiree used the word intimate. 
that it's an intimate experience. And just the fact that you use that word, Desiree, makes me just feel how caring you must be and how you are such a great listener in the process. Because for you to see that there's intimacy also brings in there's vulnerability from your clients and there's trust that has to come in and there's so much more there. Now, is it always smooth sailing with clients? I can imagine that there might be disagreements or unrealistic expectations. Give us some dirt. What what have you what have you seen or, or what are some funny things that can happen between between clients? Well, I think uh, renovations are a tough a tough thing because sometimes when you're getting into a building, there may be those unpleasant surprises that all of a sudden that you got to, well, you do see it somewhat on those shows and then, oh no, we found this. Now we have to. You have to find 5,000 in the budget. We've got to find some extra money. And then the negotiate, because houses are personal taste, sometimes it's a lot of negotiation between a husband and wife. They might have really definite ideas about what, each other like so I'm a little bit of a referee sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um, or I have to sort I make sort of the final decision between if we're working out trying to work out two different approaches then I'll have to pipe in and saying well maybe I'll steer you in this way I think I could see that oh, okay in this situation I'm yeah, imagining it, that saves a lot of time too because people aren't, you know, sitting on a decision, you're helping them to work through that decision-making process. Yes. And I think that is the number one thing in, in any, well, a, a new build and a renovation, there's a lot of decisions to be made. Hmm. And that part of the process is helping me. I'm going to help you to make those decisions efficiently and that's yes. and that are going to work for the budget of your project. Yeah. And um, yeah, cause there is that it's, I think that is, it's a lot of decision-making at yeah. every step of the way, yeah. how, what your plan's going to look like, what your finishes are going to look like. Yeah. And every little detail, what your doorknobs are going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your taps yeah. are going to look like. The fact that you can actually see that, because that's my fear. Uh, that's totally my fear when it comes to doing renos is, am I going to pick the wrong finish? Or am I going to put a cupboard or something where I really don't want it to be? And so the fact I could walk through it would give me that sense of relief that, okay, I've, I've made the right decisions or, oh, no, I'm now sentencing that I don't like that, how it, it actually is. So listeners, let's kind of pull in here some of the things that, that at least I'm learning that we should be taking away so that we can save time, energy, and money. One is get the people who know what they're doing from the beginning so that you can have the right plans and know all the right codes and all that stuff. And you don't have to have to put your brain into mush. Uh, I'm also hearing that um, having the right tools in the way of having that design that you can actually step into is really beneficial. Bringing the contractor in earlier so that they're on board with, with how the budget is running. Now, I do have to ask, though, some people like to be their own contractor and manage the project and, you know, like, oh, my buddy's a plumber and I'm going to bring them in and I'm going to bring in this painting company in. And do you think that that's a good way to save money? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I've had I've done renovations for my own home and I didn't even think about doing that because I know the amount of work and effort 
that it takes to do that. And it's running around trying to find trades for every aspect of your project. Yeah. It's very difficult and it takes a lot of time management and a contractor. That's what they do for a living. Yeah. That's what they do. They, they have a set of trades people they work with. They know how to schedule this. You have to be able to schedule it so inspectors can come in at certain times to check out your plumbing yes. and your electrical. So it's, I, I wouldn't want to do it. And I'm, I work in the building industry. So I think that probably says a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It actually made me laugh when you were saying about, you know, having the inspectors come in at the right times. I, my husband's an electrician and he was brought into a, a job where he was supposed to run all the wire and they had already drywalled. Oh dear. <laughs> so he had to cut into the drywall to put in all the wires and then they had to come back and patch it all because they were trying to throw the drywall up to get the inspection um, to be approved. So it was quite funny. <laughs> Perfect, perfect example of coordination. Yes. So important. And that's that that is part of what I do is coordination. Yeah. But the, the contractor does a lot of coordination. And as you say, there, there's certain steps you need to follow. And you're not going to know that if that's yeah. something that you well, the thing is it it was the cost of the drywall, um, yeah. the cost of the repair of the drywall, and it took him more time to do his job because he had to pull wires rather than just with an open room, lay all the wires out. So it was, it was quite funny how they were trying to move things along faster and save money. And then it cost them probably twice, twice as much in that capacity. Now, Perfect example. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've already mentioned, it can be a little bit of an intense process. How do you make it fun and pleasant for your clients? Because I hear people and they're like, it's so stressful. And so how do you keep it pleasant and fun? Well, I think because it takes, I distill the decisions down to a few choices rather than, yeah, I think it is overwhelming for someone to go into a tile store and go, like, there's hundreds of tiles here. So as a designer, I do have a vision for your project. Mm. And I'm getting that vision from, we do go through a lot of images on my house page. We can do a lookbook, a picture book where we, we uh, do ideas of which helps a lot in projects where people can show me images that, that excite them and we can yeah. pull stuff from those pictures. So it's, it's a process of um, I help you to distill it down to what I have gathered from all the information that you've yeah. given yeah. Along, nice. the, along the process. Yeah. And then you also mentioned house, but some people might not be familiar with that. So what is that? You said your house page. But house page is, um, it's houses for builders and interior designers, architects, and um, it's a, a go-to place if you're looking for um, someone in that industry. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can check out people's work and Yes. So I have pictures and... of my projects that I've worked on. Nice. On my house. nice. And I also have uh, my own website too, which yes. is connected with my house too. Okay. So we'll make sure both your house page and your LCI design website is on, uh, in the show notes so that people can go and check out your work. Um, because I know that you are very passionate about a specific type of, of work. So share that. Um, cause I think it's important that we continue to follow our passion in the work that we do. So what are you passionate about? I'm passionate about West coast modern. 
I'm involved, uh, well, I mean, West Vancouver, where I live, has so many beautiful West Coast um, homes. I actually lived in an Arthur Erickson home, which was a real honor to be able to live in such a beautiful house. And what, first of all, I, I'm sure a bunch of my listeners are like, what's West Coast modern? I don't know. So what, what does that look like? What's the aesthetic of it? How do we well, know? Is a movement that came out and it's very tied to our West Coast home has lots of glass and it's very tied to its site and and yes. celebrating the beauty the landscape usually west coast home sits lightly on a, on its for instance the west coast uh, the erickson home that i lived in was on a cliff and it was all built up on columns wow. so that's what i mean by sitting lightly and it was it was all about this beautiful water view um mm. it was all about connecting um with the landscape and materiality they're usually a lot of wood in them um they're yeah they're poetic homes it, it's hard to explain I mean they're that you see a lot of them in on the north shore here and yeah I've been involved with um through the West Vancouver Art Museum um they have an annual tour which is wonderful the West Coast Modern House Tour which I've been involved nice. with for a number of years so nice I'm really passionate about it Yes. Yes. Well, that's when you get into resonance, right? That positive energy, that flow. And so the way you talked about the parkade before, a little bit of dissonance in there, that's what had you move. So listeners, if you're feeling like a lack of energy in a certain area of your life, in your career, in your business, you know, one of your projects with one of your clients might be time to move on so that you can have that passion and that resonance. So as we bring this to a close, Desiree, is there any final final thing for how people can save time, energy, and money in a new build or in a renovation? Well, I feel just hiring a design professional in the first place. Hmm. In the end, you're going to end up with a good set of drawings, all the details worked out, and then that will help to bring the project within a budget. There's not mm. going to be, when it's, for, it's worked out in detail, um, you're going to get a good product in the end. And we can work within a budget because we know what that project looks like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It actually reminds me of when I tried to throw my wedding together myself. <laughs> and I was piecing things together here, there and everywhere. And eventually I, I brought someone on board, but I'd already made so many mistakes that cost me money. And to hear her say things like, oh, flowers, I know the perfect person and I get them at a better rate than you would. And I'm imagining it's the same with you and you being able to, to help pick the right finishes and furniture and things and get get better deals on them yes um, yeah as a designer I do get discounts on um, things like tiles and fur furniture and that sort of thing so that's that's a bonus a bonus savings <laughs> so in the end actually it might you might even make money by hiring a contractor and a, and a designer <laughs> and architect services that's awesome so um Desiree moving forward if people want to to use you. I know you're in BC, Canada. And so if people want to have some support from you, how would they, how, what's like the best way to get in touch? Um, on my, um, you can contact me through my email, which is Desiree at lcidesign.net or on my website, um, which has all my information, which is lcidesign.net. 
Awesome. So I'll make sure that those are in the show notes so that it's really easy for our awesome listeners to be able to catch that information and reach out to you. And um, my advice with same thing with hiring a coach is that connect with them, talk with them, make sure they're a fit for you. This is, this is, as Desiree said, it's an intimate experience and you want to be hanging out with someone that you enjoy being with. I can imagine Desiree that, that your clients actually become your friends. It's just a lovely experience to have together. So I encourage you, if you are thinking about uh, hiring someone for architectural design services, that you reach out to Desiree and have a chat with her. Uh, do you do that? Do you do consults? Will you I give do. you'll give I free do. consults my, to the listeners here? My first consult is free. And, Amazing, um, and I totally agree with you. That's part of the big part of the process. Is are we going to be a good fit? Yes, with a chat, a chance to um, chat and feel each other out and and see for a good fit. Because it is, it is a big process. So. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. So listeners, if you are thinking of doing a, a new build or a reno of some sort, congratulations. That's a really fun thing. And it's really important for you in your life. So I trust that you were able to grab some nuggets today from Desiree, from what she shared. And uh, so thank you, Desiree, for coming here, for sharing about how you got into into architecture in the first place and design and for being honest about, yeah, it's hard to be a mom and be also in a male dominated industry, but it is possible, especially if you want to jump out on your own. So thank you for sharing so open and honestly with us today. Thank you, Diane. This is great. (laughs) Awesome. So if you haven't yet listeners, if you haven't yet done a review of the podcast, please do. So I do send a little something special in the mail. So make sure that when you do the review, email my team, team at dianerolston.com. So we can get your address or mailing address and mail you something. Hit subscribe, share this with a friend, especially if they are going to do a reno. And if you have a suggestion for a guest, please email my team and let them know about another dynamic woman, just like Desiree, who will come here and share a little bit about her, about her life and about her expertise. Until next time, stay dynamic. Bye. dynamic women for joining us today please hop on over to itunes to subscribe and leave us a review who do you know who needs to hear our message we'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family if you're ready to be more dynamic have more balance and more success head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book stay dynamic